Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. Hebrews chapter 11 is where we're going to be preaching from this morning, so if you want to take your Bibles and turn there, uh, that'll be very helpful to you. And I hope that this series is, has already been encouragement to you as we've been uh, preaching through the Great Hall. And what a wonderful uh, summary of events uh, throughout the uh, elders who obtained a good report, is what the writer of Hebrews says. In verse number 1 of Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible defines faith for us as the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Uh, Sometimes we may refer to that as seeing the invisible. Uh, That is what faith is, seeing the invisible. And then it says in verse number 2, For by it the elders obtained a good report. And so what we've been doing through Hebrews chapter 11 is we're just going through looking at the elders that are mentioned. Of course, we saw uh, the faith of Abel. The faith of Enoch, last week we talked about the faith of Noah, and this morning we're going to begin reading in verse number 8, if you will follow along as I read. The Bible says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. We'll stop there uh, for this morning. But if you're in the habit of marking in your Bibles, I want you to mark this in verse number 8. Notice Uh, in verse number 8, where the Scripture says, When he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, mark this single word in verse number 8, if you would, obeyed. Obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whether he went. Faith is and requires an action. When we are called to have faith, this substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, we have to have an action that is going to take place with our faith. And so this morning, I'm going to preach through the uh, summary of Abraham's life and how his faith was demonstrated. And uh, we're going to take a look at this in a sermon entitled, The Action of Faith the action of faith. Let's pray together and we'll get started. Our Heavenly Father, I thank You so very much. God, You have given so much to us just in the gift of faith that You allow every person in all the world to exercise. You've given it to us freely. So wonderful. But God, we know that our faith oftentimes is weak. It's minuscule, it's small, it's little. But Father, we know that little is much when you're in it. 
And Father, we ask this morning that whatever amount of faith we have, that you would use it in our lives. And Father, that we wouldn't, if we do have little faith, that we wouldn't stay in that realm of littleness. But Father, that our faith would increase, that our faith would grow, and Father, that our faith would also include an action, one of obedience, one that of simply following you. Encourage us this morning, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. Well, Hebrews chapter 11 uh, gives us much here. And of course, in the few previous verses, we didn't have as much information uh, on Abel or Enoch or even Noah for that matter as we do concerning the life of Abraham. Abraham, of course, God chose. And the Bible says in verse number 8 that when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, again, that word there in verse number 8, he obeyed. He obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. God came and called Abraham to go into a country that he had never been before. God did some other things there and gave him a promise that as Abraham would follow God, then God would fulfill the promise and give Abraham and Sarah the long-awaited son or child that they desired to have. But that desire had left them as they had aged over the years and had resigned to the fact that they would not have any children. But God. But God intervened and God stepped in and came to Abraham and said, Follow me, and I'll make you a father of many nations. So Abraham just simply said, Where are we going? And he packed up his belongings and he packed up his wife and he packed up everything and he left his father's house because that's what you did back then as you stayed close to home and shared property and uh, shared all of these things. And he took what was his and he followed God into a land that he didn't know where he was going, what was going to happen. Now this morning to help us understand exactly what was going on in Abraham's life, I'm going to borrow a sermon. I'm going to borrow a sermon this morning and I would ask you to turn over uh, to the book of Romans. We're going to borrow a sermon from the Apostle Paul this day because the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 4 uh, gives us a summary of Abraham's life and gives us a summary of the faith that Abraham had in his life. And so rather than going back to Genesis as we have in previous weeks, we're going to go through this, uh, this summary of Abraham's life and get an overview of what's taking place in his life and describe the action of within the faith that Abraham had. So Romans chapter 4 tells us in verse number 1, What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, have found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God. 
And it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward, not reckoned of grace, but out of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Drop down to verse number 12, if you will, please. It says, And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed, notice this, through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath. For where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is offered or which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I've made thee a father of many nations, before whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who, against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And be not weak in faith. And he considered not his own body, now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also. To whom it shall be imputed that if we believe on him that raised up Jesus from our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses, was raised again for our justification. Verse 1 of chapter 5 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We'll stop there for just a few moments and make some comments here about what is taking place in the life of Abraham. I made you uh, made mention earlier that the, uh, the action of faith is what we are considering this morning. 
And again, as we get this uh, sermon, if you will, from the Apostle Paul of Romans chapter 4, as Paul is teaching this church at Rome uh, a great bit of doctrine uh, that they needed within this church. And uh, some have referred to uh, the book of Romans as the Magna Carta of the Christian faith. And it is certainly one that has deep doctrinal truth within the book of Romans. And I would encourage you of your own time, if you've never sat down and read the entire book of Romans, do it. Uh, you will not be sad. You will learn much about what Jesus Christ has done for you and done for me in our lives. Just sit down, read the book of Romans, get in it, dig in it. It's a wonderful book. But this morning, we're seeing this sermon, if you will, by the Apostle Paul concerning the life of Abraham. And the first thing in verses 1 through 5 that he discusses as by way of introduction, is the fact that Abraham believed God. He believed God. And it says his belief in God, in verse number 3, is what was counted unto him for righteousness. We mentioned this last week concerning Noah uh, and having an understanding of what faith does uh, within this and what faith is within our lives. And it is simply the fact that no one, no one has ever been saved by works. It's never been done, never will be done. It didn't work in the life of Noah, it didn't work in the life of Abraham, but it was faith, faith. That Abraham believed God, and God said, that's it. Do you see the action there? God came to Abraham and said, Abraham, I want you to follow me. Abraham, I want you to come and come after me. Where are we going? Well, I'm not telling you right now. Just follow me. That's a lot of faith. I'm just going to tell you, that's a lot, a lot of faith. Many of you, myself included, if we had to pick up all of our things tomorrow and go somewhere that we had no idea where we were going and you were told you weren't coming back, you probably wouldn't go. Even with the promise of a better life. Even with the promise of great riches. It probably would take a whole lot to get you to pick up and go somewhere that you had no idea. Now I understand that if it were God telling you, you might have a little bit more faith. Well, in this case, it was God. It was God telling Abraham to go, to follow him. And Abraham simply, or maybe we could even say complexly, followed God. He believed him, and he followed him, and he obeyed. Now in verse number 4 it says, Now to him that worketh, is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. He says those that work and those that try to earn the goodness of God or the favor of God is in debt, not of grace. In verse number 5 he says, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. His faith. His faith. Again, remember the key is faith. For by grace are ye saved through faith. As we 
got down to verse number 12, we saw again Abraham's actions here. I want you to notice in verse number 12, it says, The father of the circumcision, that's Abraham, to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who, talking about Abraham, also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham. Again, an action. An action. Now, here is what is wonderful about our faith is it's not necessarily a blind faith. The blind faith came in Abraham. Abraham is the one that blindly followed the Lord. God came, gave him a promise, said, follow me. And Abraham said, okay. But do you realize what God has done in this? He has given us a report of the elder, Abraham. And in that report, he says, Abraham followed me by faith. Not knowing where he went, not knowing where he was going, but he followed me and he believed me. It was counted unto him for righteousness. But he says, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham? Look, we have a guide. We have something that is in our, at our disposal to say, look, there are blessings upon blessings when we simply have faith in God. This is not anything new. This is not anything that, that should be new to us. We have this example. God has recorded to us, again, as we look through the Hebrews chapter 11, we see elder after elder after elder that had faith. They had faith. And God fulfilled. And God fulfilled. But there is an action that is required. The first action is for us to believe. The second action is for us to follow. To follow. To follow after that same faith, that same type of faith as Abraham did. In verse 13 it says, For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. Again, it had nothing to do with the work that Abraham would do. He said it was not of the law. As a matter of fact, the law wasn't even given yet. Amen? It wasn't even given up to this point, except God just said, follow me. Follow me. And he said it wasn't through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For they which are the law or of the law be heirs, for if they, sorry, which are of the law be heirs, faith would be made void. He says, for those of you that think the law is going to work, those of you that think, oh, I've just got to do all of these right things, I've got to make sure I perform this, to perform this, to perform this. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that if we just think, well, I've got to keep all the rules. Got to keep all the regulations. Got to make sure I uh, just do more good than I do bad. And it'll balance itself out. I've, I've heard people from different times, different places, different circumstances, but where someone would pass away. And I'm amazed at the number of people that would say, oh, I, I know where he's at. He was a good man. Or she has to be there. She was so good. Listen, your and mine, your and mine goodness is not enough. Amen? It's not enough. It's about what did we do with Jesus Christ? What did we do with Jesus and His sacrificial gift of the cross? 
What did we do with his blood? What did we do by faith? Not of works, lest any man should boast. What did we do with Jesus? Therefore, it is a faith, in verse 16, that it might be by grace to the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. I want you to drop down to verse number 18, if you will. That was all introduction. Verse number 18, we see the first thing I want you to see in the faith or the action of faith of Abraham. Verse number 18, the Bible says, Who against hope believed in hope? Isn't that something? That's a great statement, by the way. Who against hope believed in hope? Look, the first thing I want you to see this morning of the action of Abraham's faith is the fact that his faith was positioned. His faith had a position. His faith had something that was in place. We could even say it that way. It had a place that Abraham said, I'm going to put my faith. Now, we understand that faith is not something that we can physically hold, but it is something. And Abraham's faith was placed or positioned in something that was greater than he was. I want you to see within this position in the fact that his, uh, the direction of his faith. The direction of his faith. In verse number 20, the Bible says, He staggered not at the promise of God. He staggered not. That is to say, he, he didn't fall over it. He didn't hesitate. He didn't have any uh, second thoughts. He didn't have any guesses. He didn't, he didn't stagger at any of it. God called him and he followed. He had a direction that he was going. And he staggered not at the promise of God. The promise, of course, that he would be the father of many nations. Father of many nations. He said, Yo, you're going to have more seed from the womb of Sarah than the sand, than you could count the grains of sand in the sea. That's a lot. And Abraham didn't bat an eye. And this is what it says. Who against hope believed in hope. I mean, sometimes we... We think on something and we're told something and we say, well, I, I hope so. I hope so. But how many of you know just because you hope so doesn't mean it's going to happen? So Abraham is there and against hope. You see, Abraham was 75 years old. Sarah was somewhere around that same age, 10 years or so. Their hope of having a child was all but over. The things that are necessary for childbirth were beyond what they could do. And yet God comes down at 75 years of age for Abraham and says, I'm going to give you a child. I'm going to 
give you a seed. And from that seed is going to be multiplied more than you could ever imagine. Abraham said, again, their hope was gone. And so against hope, against hope, he had hope. But his hope wasn't necessarily in the physical act of having a child or having a baby, but it was in what God had said. It was in that promise. And Abraham had that direction of his faith, and it was placed there, it was positioned there. Against hope. He had hope. Friend, I don't know what is in your life this morning, but I will tell you, when it seems hopeless, only God. There's still God. Amen, there's still God. Against hope. He had hope, so he had a, he had a direction that he, that he placed his hope in. It was a position that he placed it in. I want you to see number second, or no, number second, number two, letter B. There you go. Uh, there was a duration of his faith. There was a duration of his faith. Listen, I don't know about you, but I'm not always a patient person. I'm just not. I'm a sinner. I admit it. When it comes time to go, I mean, if look, if I say, if I say we're going to leave today at noon, you need to be ready at 11.50. Amen? You just need to. Because we're going to leave at noon, not 10 afternoon. Amen? I want to leave at noon. So on, from time to time, I mean, there's six of us in our household I, I will tell you, there have been many times where I've said we're going to leave at noon, and we don't. And I'll even say, it's 10 till noon, we're leaving in 10 minutes. At noon, I'll say, I'm in the car. And then I wait in the car. And then finally, whoever it is we're waiting on will come out and get in. Now over the years, I've learned to work the system. If I want to leave at 12.15, I will tell them noon. And I'll tell you why I do that, because it helps me to help them to not get upset. Because I didn't expect to leave till 12.15 anyway, but I told them noon. Now, I will tell you, if they're already at noon, we're leaving at noon. But if I'm expecting 12.15, I'm not disappointed. I don't get upset. I'm not constantly doing this. And we're talking 15 minutes, right? What if it were two hours? We're leaving at noon. We have an appointment at 1.00. What if it was two hours? It's two o'clock now, and they're, oh, we're ready. How many of you would be frustrated? How many would have left them? Yeah, I'm leaving. We get impatient. 
hold on. What if it were 24 years? Some of you would have forgotten. Some of you forget after 24 minutes. I understand that. But 24 years, that's a long time to have a promise fulfilled. I don't know how good your memory is, but my memory is somewhat okay. It's getting worse the older I get. 24 years. Abraham, 75 years old. God says, I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to make you a father of many nations. 24 years. Abraham has waited. Again, most of us wouldn't wait 24 minutes. Abraham waited 24 years to see God's promise fulfilled. I don't know about you, but I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 44 uh, here in a few weeks if the Lord let me, lets me live. I'm sure there is a promise that my parents made to me when I was a child that I don't remember. I don't necessarily know how often God and Abraham talked about this promise over those 24 years. But when it came time, God said, okay, it's time. But Abraham didn't waver. Remember, he didn't stagger at the promise of God. Even after 24 years, Abraham just kept following. Listen, there's not a duration that we can have the, to just say, okay, well, I've waited long enough. I'm going to go this way. I, I, can, I, can I admit this morning I wish I had more faith? Can I, I'll just admit that. Faith is hard. Faith is hard. But listen, there are some things that simply just require believing God, whether it's 24 minutes, whether it's 24 days, 24 months, or 24 years, if God has given the promise, it will come to pass. 24 years Abraham had faith that God would do what God said. Well, the day came, and there it was. So we see his duration of faith. Again, this action. This action, the duration. But again, there was the determination of his faith. There was a determination of his faith. Again, he refused to listen to reason. It, it was really a physical impossibility that Sarah would get pregnant at 90 years old. He refused to look at reality. Again, that, that idea of that situation. But his eyes were on the promise of God. His faith was on the promise of God, not in a physical act. His action was to believe God. And he refused to lose the reward. 25 years, and it came through. Why? Because the direction of his faith. Can I say, number two, this morning, moving quickly, that not only was his faith positioned, but his faith was persuaded. Look at verse number 21. It says, And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also 
to perform it. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Listen, it's not just one thing to simply believe God, but God was able. God was able. There have been times where I've, I've promised my children something. Remember one year, Abigail had gotten a new bed. We'd moved her from, from one smaller bed into a big girl bed. And uh, well, that big girl bed really was a little girl bed, and uh, she wanted a she wanted a new headboard. And so I I told her, I said, well, uh, we're not gonna go out and buy a headboard, but I will make you one. And she was okay with that, and I said, you pick something out and uh, we'll we'll put it together and we'll put it together. And so she did, and she brought me some pictures, and she said, I like this, I like this. And I said, I, I, I can do something like that. Looks simple enough. And so a week went by, and she would say, Dad, when are you going to do my headboard? When are you going to do my headboard? Now I'm going to admit to you how bad of a father I am, but... I said, I'll get to it. And the problem was this, I really couldn't afford to purchase the materials. I mean, we had other things, like I thought it was important for her to eat. And she was able to sleep, and, and so I just, well, I'll get to it. And this is probably April or May, and, uh, and, and she, she would ask again, you know, the next week, Dad, when are you going to do my headboard? I said, well, I'll get to it. And I, I, said, I said, look, I said, I'll, I'll get it to you by your birthday or before your birthday. Well, her birthday came. No headboard. And she said, Dad, I thought you were going to do my headboard by my birthday. My birthday's next week. I said, well, darling, I, I, I didn't say which birthday. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, true statement. That is exactly what I told her. And finally, though, after I don't know how long, I got the materials and started working on the headboard. Now look, I was capable of building a headboard. I was able to. It wasn't that I was just sloughing off. The problem was, in my promise, I failed to calculate the cost. And therefore, I was not able I mean, if I said this morning, Miss Faye, I promise you, I'm going to give you a million dollars. I promise you. And she's, she's got that look on her face like, no, you're not. Well, you know, I'll even write you a check. Now, hold on a second. There are some promises that, depending upon who's saying it, depending upon what the promise is, is whether or not you and I believe it. Yeah. I'll give you a million dollars. And people say things like that. I promise you. Now, sometimes we promise things with no intention of fulfilling the promise. But you see, this was something different. This was God. 
And Abraham said, I'm persuaded. God, you have persuaded me that you're able to do this. You've persuaded me. That is where Abraham positioned his faith. And the fact that God is able. God is able. Hey, listen, can I just remind you this morning that God is able? He's able. I had a, had a phone call a couple days ago, and a uh, voice on the end of the line said, so, Brother Aaron, hey, how's it going? We talked, small talk, a little bit. And, and they said, I, I need your help. I said, okay. He said, my, my mom is, is in the hospital, and it's just not looking good. And he told me the situation. And uh, he said, well, my mom, she's had this health problem, this health problem. And they're, they're talking about they might have to put, uh, put her on a vent. And I've got her on a BiPAP machine right now. And I, I don't know. They called me and they said, you're going to probably have to make a decision. And I, I don't know. Look, folks, that's hard. It doesn't matter who you are. That's hard. Now, here's the thing. When it comes to faith, when it comes to faith in God, we must believe that He is able. He's able. That's where our faith comes in. He's able to heal. The difference comes in is what is in His will. It may not be in His will to heal. But my faith must be first in His ability. That we must be persuaded that God is able. That God is able. Now listen, in having faith in God's ability does not always change His will. We must understand that. There are some faith teachers out there that will teach you. They will say, well, if you just have enough faith, you've got to have enough faith. Grow your faith. Have faith. Have faith. Have faith. And you have faith and you say, all right, we're going we're gonna to pull mom off the ventilator. and God's going to heal her. I have faith. And God doesn't heal her. Well, the, the reason... The reason is not because you didn't have enough faith. But see, the faith teachers will tell you that, though. They will tell you, well, it's because you didn't have enough faith. No. It wasn't in God's will. Is God able? Absolutely. Is He able? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. But is he willing? Is he willing? But Abraham was persuaded that God was able to keep 
the promise. To keep the promise. And he said, I'll follow. And again, for 25 years he followed. Without staggering, without getting off track, he followed. His faith was persuaded with God's promise, with God's performance, with God's plan. Let me give you number three. And we've talked about this a little bit, but his faith was patient. In verse number 23, it says, not, Now it was not written for his sake alone, that it was imputed to him. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses, was raised again for our justification. His faith was patient, again, in a promise. We're told here that the promise was not just to impute righteousness to Abraham. It wasn't the only purpose. But it was to extend that promise to everyone that had faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe God. Look, Jesus died to save you on the cross of Calvary. He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And the Bible says that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For whosoever, the promise of God, that whosoever. But you see, Abraham had, had a faith of something that was going to happen in the future. Something in the future. We happen to, ha happen to have a faith of something that happened in the past to believe God for something that will happen in the future. But you see, both are faith. But our faith first must be in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, we can come back and we can look at the life of Abraham and say, wait a second, Abraham believed God. God gave him promise. For 24 years, 25 years, Abraham believed God. And he believed him and he believed him and he believed him because he was able. And he said, I know he's able. It wasn't an empty, hollow promise. Listen, just the same that God was able to give Abraham a son at 99 years old and his wife Sarah at 90. God is able to save you. and Give you eternal life. Just the same. It's by faith that it must be received. We'll see as we continue through Hebrews chapter 11 that faith does not simply end with salvation. Faith does not end as we put our faith in Jesus Christ to save us. It's simply the beginning. As the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 that Jesus is the author of our faith. He's also the finisher finisher, the completer. So our faith must be completed in Him. Oh, it's a wonderful thing. 
The Christian life, the faith life, is a wonderful thing. You can believe God because He's able. But your faith must be patient. Because it comes down to what you have done with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then just as Abraham, that promise isn't immediately fulfilled. But it's the beginning. It's the beginning. We must be patient. We must obey as we wait. And we'll see that as we move forward. I ask you this morning, have you positioned your faith in God? Have you placed it there? Positioned it based upon what only He can do? Has He persuaded you to trust Him? Look, I, I'm not going to be able to persuade you this morning. God's going to have to persuade you. I wish I could. I, I'm, I, don't, I don't know if I'm slick enough if I could say it that way. I could try. But you have to be persuaded that God is able. That God is able. Are you willing to be patient as you wait on Him? The action of faith. You must do something with it. You must do something with your faith. We'll have every head bowed, every eye closed this morning.